Today, the victory of the cross. Our Bible quote for today is Romans chapter 6 and it's verse 23. And this is what that verse says. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As I was preparing to bring these, these thoughts, these truths to you today, this verse came into my heart and I smiled to myself and I thought, I, I wonder how old I was when I first learnt that Bible quote. I was born into a family where mum and dad were Christians and just about as soon as I was born, I was taken three times every Sunday to church service. And probably I was three or four years old when in a Sunday school setting, children's ministry setting, I was taught this verse. Now, I didn't quite learn it the way we've got it here because I was raised on the good old authorized King James. So that would say for the wages of sin is, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Same meaning, different word structure. But I learned that when I was three, four years old. And I want to start this kind of almost new year. I know we're almost one month into it now. But I want to encourage you every week, take the message notes and at least learn off heart by memory the Bible quote. How about that? Are you going to check on us, Pastor? Are you going to stand at the door the next Sunday? And before we can come in, are you going to get us to rehearse that, that verse to you? No. No, they do that in Unlimited. Yeah? But we won't do that here. I'm just encouraging you to do it because it is important that we get the word of God into our heart. If you have children, why don't you as well as teach them the memory verse that they have in rooted or unlimited, why don't you read through this and teach them that as well? And you may say, well, I don't know if my, my child can retain all of that. Oh, come on. Come on. Y you teach them nursery rhymes. You teach them the alphabet. You teach them to learn another language. You teach them math. You teach them all sorts of things. And you know, like I know, their ability to retain is enormous. And if they're going to retain anything, can I encourage you to, to help your children to retain the word of God? Let it become living within them. Here's one, for example, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Going to have four points this morning, really simple, really clear. And we're going to go through them in such a way that they build from one to another. The first one is this. We're going to talk about the power of sin and death. Here's a quote from Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. It says this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. 
We're talking about the power of sin and death. And it's really important that we understand that sin and death have a power. They have within them a power. And that power, the power of sin and death, is so universal and so widespread that it affects every person that is born on this, on this earth. Every single one. It isn't selective. It isn't just a, a random choice thing. The power of sin and death affects every single person. In fact, as we read our Bibles and as we read this verse here from Romans chapter 5, we see that every person is born under the influence of the power of sin and death. The Bible teaches us that each one, each time a, a child is born, and, and this is true, I... I, I I had the joy of seeing my, my new granddaughter born, Sophie Grace. So I thought I'd work a way which I could mention that in, in, in the message. She's gorgeous. And of course she would be. She's got the most gorgeous grandmother in the world. She's beautiful. She's doing really, really well. But she has been born and her nature is sinful. And the Bible teaches us that. We're all born this way. Since Adam sinned, since he made that decision that he was going to disobey God, he was going to listen to a, a, a force, a power, an influence other than God. Since he did that and his nature changed, so that sin has been passed on to every generation. And with it, death. And, and death, the word death does not just refer to physical death. It does, but it's more than that. It refers to a spiritual death, which means this. Spiritual death is where we are separated from God. We have no relationship with him. And that is the final conclusion or consequence of a sinful nature within a person. And here at the Nations, we are very clear and, and we don't hold back from the truth because the truth sets us free. A person who refuses to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour, and as their Lord, and they die still having a sinful nature, they will suffer a death, a separation from God in hell that never, ever ends. I was reading in the Bible about some, some uh, illustrations of this. And, and hell was not designed for, for you and I. Did you know that? Hell was not, was not created for us. It's created for the, the devil and, and his, the angels that followed him. It's a place, listen, it is a place that exists. 
It isn't a figment of religious, fanatical uh, imagination. It is a real place. And it is a place, the Bible talks about, of torment that will never end. Some of you teachers feel that every Monday morning you step into a place of torment. (laughs) No, I I know you love your students. But you know, there is nothing on this earth, nothing, that compares to the torment that people who spend forever in hell will experience. Have you ever heard someone say, maybe you've asked someone, say, how was your day? And they say, oh, I've had a hell of a day. Sorry if that offends you a little bit. It's not meant to. But they, what they're basically meaning is, I've kind of lived through hell on earth today. But the truth is, you can't. This is not hell. Because God's presence is here. Hell is where there is no presence of God. It's a place of everlasting torment. It's a a place where, where there will be constant flames, the Bible says, and yet nobody is consumed. And the Bible says people there will have all of their senses. And they will have their memory. And I think that's going to be absolutely horrendous for people to remember those times when God spoke to them of Jesus Christ. Maybe in a setting like this. Or maybe through a friend or a colleague. And they said, no. I don't need you. My friends, the power of sin and death is very, very real. Today we like to downplay it. We don't like to call sin, sin, because people get offended. We don't necessarily like to say, you are a sinner and you need saving, because people get offended when we call them sinners. But it's better that people get offended hearing the truth in love than it is that we try to dilute the word of God. You see, when we change or when we dilute the word of God, we take away from it its potential power. When we say that something which is in essence sin, when we start to call it like some kind of lifestyle habit, or we excuse it, we make excuses for it because somebody has had a set of circumstances in their life and we say there's no way that they could ever be free from living like this, from having this lifestyle habit because of what's happened to them. We're making excuses for sin. My friends, if you read your Bible, and I suggest you do, you'll find there is no excuse. None. Because Jesus Christ has come to set us free. I want to show you and illustrate something here of of the effect of sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 20 says that, that when we are in sin, when we are still with a sinful nature, we are slaves to sin. 
In other words, we like to think we have freedom and we do what we want to do. And some people resist true Christianity and they resist God because they feel that he's going to come in and spoil their lives by giving them a list of rules and commands that they have to follow. And they say, I want to keep my freedom. My friends, here is the truth. Without Christ, (laughs) we have no freedom. We are slaves to sin. Sinful nature dictates to you what you will do. And it's so powerful, listen, that even those things that you do and I do that we think are good and that they maybe look good because we still have a sinful nature, they are still sinful. You see, we sometimes think that sin are those things that people do like murder and rape, those sorts of things. The action is not the issue. We're not sinners because we sin. What we, when we do wrong, that's not what makes us a sinner. It's the nature of our heart that makes us sinners. And as such, we're slaves. We're not free. Slaves in bondage, imprisoned by that sin. John chapter 3, verses 19 to 20, says that when we're in sin, we're living as if we're living in darkness. In fact, the part of the Bible there says, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. We may feel that God restricts us, that God has nothing to offer us, but the truth is this, when we live in sin, When we allow sin to remain in our heart, its power, its power causes us to live in darkness. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are dead in sin. What does that mean? As long as we have and we hold on to that sinful nature... We have no relationship with God. None. No communication. My friends, this is the power of sin. The power of what we sometimes treat so flippantly and and consider to be so light. This is the power of sin. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that when sin reigns in our heart, we are Hopeless. It says, without God and hopeless in this world. There's a lot of people don't like to hear these things because they feel threatened and challenged. They feel discriminated against. But my friends, you cannot discriminate against somebody when you're speaking the truth that will bring freedom and life. Into their hearts. There is a power of sin and death. That power is something that we're all born into. And my friends, if it's, it remains in our hearts for the whole of our life. And we never allow Christ to come in and remove that sinful nature. 
and give us a new life. If we never do that, there's only one destination for us. And the Bible calls that place hell. And from that place, there's no return. You know, in our society today, it seems as though the, the emphasis on getting things right the first time is getting less and less and less. There are so many plan B's and C's and D's that we can fall back on. Oh, if I get it wrong, I maybe get it right the second time. People enter into marriage like this. They say, if it doesn't work out, ah, we'll divorce. We'll find someone else. True. People make commitments to one another and they're not really commitments. And I think that sometimes we look at the word of God and we think about it in the same way. Ah, God is a God of love and grace and mercy. And we sung this morning, God loves me. So if, if I don't get it right this time, there'll be some other way. No. The Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It is appointed unto men and women once to die. And then judgment. You know, this thing called getting right with God is the most important thing that you will ever consider in your life. But listen, you don't get two goes at it. You get one. And God in his grace, this is the grace of God, he ensures that every human being has the opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as their savior. Talking about the power of sin and death. Now we want to talk about the power of of the cross of Jesus. We know the Bible teaches us, historians tell us, Jesus died the death of a criminal. He was nailed to a, a wooden cross in a place called Golgotha, place of a skull. Now, when we talk about the power of the cross, we're not talking about <laughs> that, those, those pieces of wood or that one piece of wood that Jesus was nailed to. It was a, a piece of wood come from a tree. There's no power in that construction. What we're talking about is the power of the work of Jesus as he was at Calvary. Let me read you these verses. It says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Let me just pause there. You see, love this verse. The Bible says you can't improve your old sinful nature. Did you hear me? You can't improve it. Coming to church services, I think it's the best thing you can do on a Sunday morning. But don't think that you coming is going to improve your old sinful nature. It is unimprovable. Is that a word? <laughs> it is now. It isn't something that you can improve. You can't recondition it. 
You can't discipline it. Oh, I have met so many people who are trying to discipline their old sinful nature. Because they think if they will do that, that will impress God. God will look favorably upon them. Not so, my friends. Our verse here tells us the only thing that can be done with our old sinful nature. It is to be cut away. In another scripture, Galatians and chapter 2, Paul sees it as being crucified with Christ. Both pictures, both analogies show us that it has to be detached from us. We must disassociate ourselves from it and let Christ crucify it with him. Your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them. On the cross. My friends, as we go through this series, we will time and again visit some of these truths and some of the powerful things that happened when Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. But I want you to cease just a glimpse of the power that was at work when Jesus Christ died on the cross. He bore our sins in his body, the Bible says. You say, Pastor, how did that happen? I don't know. I really don't know. It's the way God ordained it. In the Old Testament, people had to take lambs to the high priest. And their death, their sacrifice by the priest, the high priest, God considered to be sufficient to cover or atone for their sins. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross at Calvary, God laid our sin on him. And Jesus suffered so that we don't need to. Jesus was the only perfect man, the only perfect life, the only one who could offer himself as a sacrifice on our behalf. He is the Lamb of God. Perfect, spotless. And he offered himself as a sacrifice for you, And for me, what amazing love is here displayed. Yes, it was amazing love. It was amazing love. And we start to realize, man, we don't deserve that. No, we don't. We don't. We don't deserve God's love. We deserve God's Wrath, God's punishment. 
And Jesus stood in that place and took it for us. The power of a perfect life sacrificed for sinful humanity. And when Jesus Christ died and was buried, the Bible says he entered into the realms of hell. He was there for three days and three nights. But the Bible also tells us that God raised him from the dead. But in that time, every force of evil that humanity experiences was leveled at Jesus Christ. And the devil, I'm sure, I'm sure when Jesus died and when he entered into the realms of hell, I am sure that the devil thought he was the conqueror. He was the one now that had overcome this son of God, this Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the one sent by God. I'm sure the devil was gloating. But my friend, what happened there was the complete reverse. Because Jesus took from the devil the keys of death and hell. He took them. He had every right to take them. He overcame Every sin. He overcame every evil spirit. He conquered the forces of hell. God raised him from the dead. He conquered death. My friends, everything that was wrapped up within the power of sin and death. Jesus conquered. And here's the amazing thing. He didn't need to do it. And he didn't need to do it for himself. He did it for us. He broke the power of sin and death. Destroyed it. My friends, I want you to take all of this home with you. But if you could take just one thing. Take this. The work that Jesus did was complete and perfect. Every sin was paid for. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus that was shed was sufficient for the holy God. Sufficient. My friends... When you read the Old Testament, read Isaiah 53. There we see that not only did Jesus deal with the sin in our heart and our sinful nature, but everything that is a consequence of sin. And Isaiah 53 tells us that he bore in his body our sicknesses. That we may be healed. Sickness is a consequence of sin being in the earth. If there was no sin... There'd be no sickness. It's as simple as that. When Jesus conquered Satan. Listen. Every single aspect of Satan's power was defeated. 
so that you and I can live in victory. Our sins are forgiven. We love that. We worship and praise God for that. But my friends, it's more than that. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. The power of our salvation. But I want you to hear this. The work was perfect and complete. Don't think you're so special that the sin that you get tempted with and the sickness that you've got was that one thing that Jesus missed. Because he didn't miss anything. If he, if he had, he would not have raised from the dead and he would not be our living savior right now. The power of the cross of Jesus. My friend, it answers everything. Everything. You have family issues. You have marital issues. You have sickness. You have financial problems. You have relational issues. You feel that your relationship with, with God is not so strong. Everything. The answer is in the cross of Jesus. Where the power of sin and the power of death was destroyed. That we may live in the victory. If you're in the habit of shouting hallelujah or amen or praise the Lord, that was a good place to do it. I want to talk quickly about the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Let me read you these verses, please, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 uh, through to eight. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You see, I'm not making this up. The Bible tells us. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve apostles. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present when he wrote this letter, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and then by the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Verse 16. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. What's the word? If Christ has not been raised from the dead, our faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sins. Why? Because Jesus would not have conquered it. If, if, if you can go somewhere and find the body of Jesus, guys, we're wasting our time. But you can't. But this is how important the power of the resurrection was. The resurrection of Jesus. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost if there was no resurrection. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Acts chapter 2. God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles Paul says, Peter said, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Praise God. Jesus is not dead. 
He is very, very, very much alive. The Bible says that God raised him up in newness of life. We're going to be baptizing some people in just a little while. And they're going to go into what we call one of the biggest baptistry pools in the world. We're going to bury their old nature. And the Bible says in baptism we are raised into newness of life. My friends, that life that Christ was raised into by the power of God has a name. Eternal life. Not just life that will go on forever, but the life of God. Perfectly complete. Completely perfect. And here is the amazing thing for everyone. Who believes in Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life. God gives us that same eternal life. He gives us Jesus. The Bible says, he who has the Son dwelling in them has life. But he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Aren't you so happy that the Bible is so clear? Here we see the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is not dead. Jesus is not dead. Yes, he died. But God raised him into new life. Read your Bibles. You'll find that he will never suffer again. He will never die again. And my friends, the life that he has, he has given to us. Finally, the power of our salvation. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation says this. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. Don't put your hands up unless you want to. Do you ever feel condemned? Maybe you fail at something. Maybe you you think of yourself still as a sinner. Do you know that's rampant amongst people who claim to be Christians? It's rampant. It's epidemic. They say, oh, I'm still a sinner. Well, then get saved. No, you're not. If you're born again, if you belong to God, if you're part of his family, if you've repented of your sin and Christ dwells in you by his spirit, you are not a sinner. You're not. It's a lie of the devil. And he loves to feed us that lie. And we feel it's true when we mess up. Ah, See, I'm still a sinner. No, you're not. A sinner is someone with a sinful nature. And if you've seen that crucified with Christ, you're not a sinner. If you haven't, if you've never surrendered to God and yielded to him, then do it. Because yes, you are a sinner. But if you've given your life to God, you're not. (laughs) You're a child of God. You're a saint. You're one who's been redeemed. You're a believer. Amen? 
But you see, the devil loves to lie to us. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. And when he convinces us that we're a sinner, then he'll condemn us. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. Oh, you'll feel convicted if you do wrong. (laughs) I know that. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. When you start to think wrong, when you start to act wrong, you're going to have the Holy Spirit knocking at your door and saying, no, you don't need to live that way anymore. That's not freedom. I am living in you and I have the power to set you free from that because that sinful living will only lead to death. You'll have conviction, but you won't have condemnation. Condemnation is when you're reminded of something and it leaves you with the weight of it. And you can't do anything about it. And the Bible says, for those that are in Christ, there is no condemnation. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has. Look at your neighbor and says, has. Has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of salvation. Salvation, my friends, is God's gift. And we receive it. And it is the greatest gift there is. The gift of eternal life. There's nothing that compares to it. There's nothing that can transform your life. Anything like it. There is nothing to compare with it. There are no alternatives. People say, oh, there are many ways to get right with God. False. Lie. Only one way. Only one way. And God loves us so much that he's told us what that way is. To repent of our sinful nature and receive Jesus Christ as the one who saves us from our sins. God's gift of salvation has a power within it. It's the power of the Spirit of God who dwells within us. And the Spirit of God dwelling within us, His work, the the work of the Spirit of God, is to constantly remind us of our salvation, of our gift of eternal life, of God's Word, of His truth. Why? Why? Because, my friends, He desires for us to live every minute, every second of every day in the joy, the blessing, the peace, the wonder, the glory of that eternal life that God has given to us. That's the power of our salvation. My friends, we don't need to walk around feeling condemned. There's none that condemn us. Because it's God who, Christ who has justified us. Our sin has been forgiven. Hey, it's been removed from us. And God chooses not to think about it anymore. He's given us a new life, a new nature. The life of God to dwell within us. He's given us everything pertaining to living a God-like life. We're going to learn maybe the week after next. Of what it means when the Bible says it calls us more than conquerors. 
We're going to learn what God means by that. We haven't conquered death. Christ did. We didn't conquer sin. Christ did. But that victory has been given to us. And my friends, you and I can live every moment of every day free from the power of sin and death because of what Jesus Christ has done and because his power, the Holy Spirit, lives and dwells within us. Amen.